Welcome back to another episode of Sagawai. Today, we will invite the admins of Hear the Voice of Myanmar Instagram page to discuss how their goal to spread awareness about what's happening in Myanmar has emotionally touched so many people, as well as the struggles of maintaining a social media page during such turbulent times. The guests will go by the initials C and D, and their voices have been altered for they would like to remain anonymous. So let us begin. Hi, you guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. I know it's a Sunday morning, so just yeah. Thank you so much. For our listeners, can you please just give a brief intro about yourselves, like where you live, what do you do? Just a very brief intro. Um, I'm going by my initial C. Yeah, and I'm going by my initial D. So we're we're both in America and we work in the creative field here. Um, we've been in the states for about seven, seven years, seven years yeah. or so. Um, we've stayed here, so it's it's been a while since. I think we try to go back like once in a while. Yeah. Back to Yangon because we're we're both from Yangon. But mm-hmm. recently, um, it's been a while since both of us have been back. Yeah, we I think when we're back at school, you would at least go back once a year, if most twice a year. But since the school or like COVID, you know, all these crazy things happening, it's been quite some time for both of us, I think, right? Yeah. Mm, do you remember when was the last time you visited home? For me, I think it was the winter of 2018 end of the oh, year 2018 so it's been about three oh, years wow. yeah I, I was back home in december 2019 slash like january 2020 so that's oh, a bit more okay. like recent yeah that was but, like last year ish right yeah yeah <laughs> two years i don't know last year has felt like longer than mm-hmm. a year or two, so time, yeah time is moving like, <laughs> since covid started <laughs> Yeah, it's been really crazy, crazy times. So you're both uh, the admins for the Instagram page called Hear the Voice of Myanmar. Um, For those who don't know, it's an Instagram page that was spreading awareness, basically, through posts that were of real messages of people that were living through the coup in Myanmar. And so I was just curious, um, can you tell me a little bit about the process of how hear the voice of Myanmar came to be? Yeah, so like, actually it just ended up happening. We weren't really planning to do it, mm-hmm. but I remember during the first week, it the coup happened, um, two of us and some of our other friends both like living oh, in different right. places. Yeah, so we were like, oh, let's all like, you know, talk and like gather, yeah, try to brainstorm like what we can do to help. Mm-hmm. And the day that we had scheduled that call was the first day that, the internet got cut for like 24 hours uh, or something. Yeah. Uh, so when that happened, we're like, oh shit, this is kind of like, it's too, it's like super this is bad. Like, yeah. Crazy. So like there's two of us and one of our other friends in the UK, we were the only people out of the country. So we're like, we can't contact anybody right. back home. And we want to give a platform for Burmese voices to be out there and like spread awareness about what's happening. So it just kind of ended up happening we're like okay let's let's do something today because <laughs> like the internet is coming today so we, we got to do something um yeah and then yeah and, and initially before too like 
that whole week, like I was always on my phone, mm-hmm. like, sending messages mm-hmm. to people, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. And like reading people's messages from back mm-hmm. home, it felt so partially like very much of a downer, but at the same time, everybody was kind of feeling the same. It was only kind of like, oh, I, I don't have the energy to get up. Anymore, so those kinds of messages, mm-hmm. and we felt that that was like a way in for people who don't know much about Myanmar to relate. Yeah, so we had that idea of like keeping like sharing like anonymous text messages. Yeah, we also kind of started that because we started seeing a lot of people like be more vocal about it on social mm-hmm. media and about how they feel about this whole thing, or even people trying to spread news or situation about it. So we thought it would be a good insight or how people are actually feeling. Like you know, when you text your friends and stuff, your real feelings kind of come out, mm-hmm. rather than like a very worded expression when you try to tell people about the situation. So yeah, so like more real, I guess. Right? Yeah, like you know, like we're not we're not one we're not on the ground. And two, we're not like journalists or reporters or like yeah. we don't know exact factual things that are happening so we felt mm-hmm. like you know there's always there was already a lot of like other kind of like this it's not, oh, it's not, it's not, it's not and yeah a mm-hmm. lot of other yeah. accounts are hearing like facts facts and information like yeah, yeah so we're like okay let's have like a different twist where let's talk about how people are feeling yeah because yeah. i feel like we also when we start seeing a lot of demographic facts numbers people start to become a bit more desanitized to it you mm-hmm. know you know oh it's like not really happening to us but it just looks like another piece of news that's happening in like another another part of the world but like with these texts and stuff people start to feel like oh this could happen to like my own family or like Mm -hmm. things like that so that would be a bit of a good sharing point yeah yeah so I was gonna say your uh, page is very unique and personal because these messages are they when you read them it's very intimate you know and they're real messages and so you you feel even though you don't know who these messages are being sent to, you still feel the emotions. And I think that was very important. And you guys did a very good job of like showing a very different, you know, perspective on the issues. So yeah, I think that was really, really good. Um, Can you please tell me about the moment you first found out about the coup? Um, I actually personally don't remember that walk. It just feels like it's been like a one like long day that like never ended. Like it just kind of feels mm. like that. I think it was sometime during it was night. It was a Sunday. It was yeah. Sunday it was night. like a yeah. weekend, and it was nighttime here at least. Mm, yeah. So the first thing I heard was, "Oh, like the internet's being cut off. Like what happened?" And then, and mm-hmm. the first thing we thought of was like with me and my siblings, we were all just like, "What? Well, there's war. If this is gonna be violence, yeah. is there gonna be like you know." gunfire whatever we just mm-hmm. thought of the worst situation but yeah. then thankfully like that fast like when it first started it was just like shocking in general it was definitely yeah. a big shock. like i still remember like that day i had just i was on a call with another friend for like most of the day and then i took a nap and then when i woke up i got a text from that friend being like did you see this article and it was it was the bbc article well like mm-hmm. oh i was just you got article. and then mm-hmm. you also texted me I, yeah. like did you did you I'm like oh shit like what's happening and then I started like, to like contact people back home and I couldn't contact my my family at first too um I got mm. with my sister um yeah it was kind of surreal and I was trying to like find news channels here that was yeah, like it didn't cover nothing yeah, I was like channels news Asia <laughs> it was like social media how we found out what was actually happening it, yeah it was all on Facebook. social media yeah because yeah. no new 
like international news of course was like not covering it and that first mm-hmm. thing i saw was about us and you getting arrested now that i used yeah. to mention it i'm sorry yeah and that made me realize oh like, what happened someone took her in the middle of the night like yeah how did that happen why you know and then like all like you know facts and stories started adding up and that's how you like kind of made out what the heck is like ha- actually happening on yeah the it, situation. it was quite a panic i feel like like people in the country and abroad like, the people in the country like there was always talks about like oh they're gonna do it they're gonna do it right? mm-hmm. and then they actually did it at least for whatever everyone was kind of like shook because like uh, obviously this has happened before but mm-hmm. we, we thought we were way way past that you know and yeah. i think i definitely like felt the fear of like oh shit like is it like are they gonna like keep communication cut off this whole time yeah um, like we we lived through that you know like we're like yeah. Yeah. We're, the country was cut off from the rest of the world it's not like we were totally like oh my god we can't like get out or whatever but yeah. so it's modern or like limited access of like information that we can get yeah and, and mm. how much information we out yeah because there's no such thing as like freedom of speech or like things like that mm-hmm. true. so i do even remember some of like our friends kind of like joking even like oh they see that military what is it uh, tanks or oh yeah there, like were, there were tanks there were tanks or, or, in the city and, yeah. yeah oh like watch them do it kind of just like you know like a joke thing that younger people do they're like oh i like, watch it happen kind of thing. and then when it actually happened people kind of got like really scared because yeah. they didn't think it was like happen because they just thought it was kind of like a power showing you mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean I remember literally the night before I was out and I was even talking about you know because mil- at that time there were rumors because the military spokesperson kind of hinted that there might be a coup but then later they kind of um, took that statement back and they're like no they're we're not going to do that and then the NLD was also like yeah, don't worry, there's not going to be a coup. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember very well that I was, I even talked to my friends about this and like, yeah, like, I don't think that's going to happen. And the next morning, I was like, oh my God, like, I was in denial. I could not believe, you know, the, the news. It was like it happened like in secret overnight. Yeah. And not like when people knew. So it was that like you slept one night and then yeah. the you wake up, it's like, a- completely different situation mm-hmm. yeah it's, yeah it's always in the middle of the night something that yeah this is this is when they do their dirty work it's always like it's always night. Yeah. night yeah that's true I was reading a couple books about it and then like it, it always happens like around three four in the morning I don't know why yeah. but yeah um okay so obviously we all kind of grew up under the military rule uh what do you remember about growing up under the military rule I remember a lot of like, like it was normal for like soldiers to be on the street. Mm-hmm. For instance, the road where Austin Suchi's house was, oh, mm-hmm. like, when I was really young, that road was always blocked. And if mm-hmm. you wanted to go in, you needed like a reason. And they checked like every car. Yeah. Um, obviously, like as we grew up, like things got better. Um, but that and like the television, there was only like two channels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like you only watch like Korean shows or mm-hmm. like Kobanga. <laughs> <laughs> always like and like there's always like uh, like military propaganda. Oh, there's definitely yeah. a lot of propaganda, especially I feel like on MRTV. Mm-hmm. And what I also remember is a lot of electricity cut and Wi-Fi mm-hmm. not having like enough Wi-Fi for like anything. 
because we'd always want to watch like things and you know because I feel like we're always a step behind like the world mm-hmm. in terms of like pop culture news everything yeah so like whenever we find out anything we of course always want to get to it but then we always have limited access because we don't have either good internet yeah or, like having electricity to mm-hmm. have the good internet yeah it was always the struggle for like I guess communication yeah <laughs> yeah well, have, the people in Myanmar are very very nifty in that sense because like you block something there's so we can they'll find another like, way to like do all it. those like pirated dvd shops and like you know mm-hmm. there's like g g not gmail but like and like there was always like ways around so i felt like you know people outside of the country didn't know about us but we still we knew about, about the rest of the yeah. world so, um, <laughs> yeah yeah i i would say like i you mentioned propaganda and you know when we were young we didn't realize that that was propaganda because it was just very like normal but you know the weirdest thing was like on the morning of February 1st I turned on the television and then they were you know they were like playing military propaganda and I just had this moment where I was like no (laughs) it just brought back so many memories and I was like wait like I can't believe this is happening I will not go through this again you know like that was a moment where I was like, nope, no, 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 not doing this again. Yeah. I think that mindset is also like what kept a lot of us going. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we all knew what it was like before and how versus how it is now. And especially like people our generation, because we've experienced that a little tiny bit of freedom. Yeah. That, you know, that's like a great thing for us, obviously. So that's why I kept our minds really strong about like, you know, this cannot happen again. Like, that's why we're all more united. Mm-hmm. I think that's a bit more eager in us, mm-hmm. like our generation, rather than like, I would say our, our parents' generation. generation. Yeah. yeah, I feel like our parents' generation, you know, they've gone through this probably like so much worse too and so many yeah. times. And I think for them, they're like tired. Like, yeah. why is this happening yeah. again? Yeah. Um, for, for us, we were like, oh, okay, you know, for early childhood, we grew up under that, that the military regime. So, like, we kind of knew what it was. We probably, like, lived the better part mm. of it. Yeah, but sure. we still, like, knew that, that, that restriction. But now that, like, in the past, I would say, like, five years or so, mm-hmm. since the country has opened up and there's, like, this pseudo sense of, like, democracy or freedom and, like, you know, you're able to, like, go abroad and, oh, learn about, like, the rest of the world and things have gotten more open and progressive. Yeah. So, I think... And we, we learned that, like, oh, things, it, it really does make a difference in our education, mm-hmm. in, in everything. Um, we just have, like, access to, to communication and, it, like, proper education that's not controlled by the military. Yeah. Um, and so, like, because of that, we're like, oh, this is, this is not right. Versus, like, if we were always kept in this bubble of, like, oh, you have to listen to your elders, or you have to listen to your superiors, or, like, you do not speak mm-hmm. up. I think things would have been different. But yeah. for the younger generation, you know, we like the content that we consume is a lot more progressive and we're like oh we can't we can't stand for this we're not we're not going to stand for this i think i personally didn't realize how much the younger generation is becoming more progressive until actually when the coup started yeah because you started seeing all these like um interviews that people do on brown and things like that and it's always like the younger generation that speak up about like how the situation is like super wrong and like things like that. Mm-hmm. You don't really see like the elder generation as much. I think it's only like the people that are really passionate about like politics or like freedom and things like yeah. that um, that really does speak up more about that. Yeah. This. Yeah. The another thing about like, speaking up is you speak up. The more 
danger you put on mm-hmm. yourself. So exactly. like for the older generations, I understand like if they speak up, you put your family at risk, exactly. you know? So versus for younger people who are like, no, I'm going to speak up. Exactly. So uh, there is that kind of like, okay, benefit. Like okay, once, if you're like older and like you have like a family to support and like you don't want to rock too many boats, I guess, even like no matter how you feel. So I understand that like sentiment of, oh, I agree with this, but like don't, mm-hmm. don't be too, too vocal about it or you're going to get arrested. Yeah, even us like during the page, our Instagram page and everything. We went through a lot of like security level. We got like VPNs and things like mm-hmm. that because it's like just in yeah. case yeah. you don't want to put anyone back home mm-hmm. in yes. mm-hmm. Like we have the freedom to say whatever we yeah. want, but if we did get traced and it gets back to our family and things like that, it would definitely put everyone around us in danger, which is something we definitely do not yeah. want. Yeah. Uh, especially the people that send us conversation. Mm-hmm. It's it def- their safety is like the number one part of yeah, we definitely put our focus on like privacy and security, you know, because these are not, I mean, these are like real conversations and we, we didn't want to put anybody in jeopardy. So we were like, okay, we have to be really, really careful about this. And we're kind of like, okay, because we live abroad. If we were mm. back home, we couldn't have done this. Yeah, for sure. For us, like, okay, we have like, the, the tools necessary to, to put this out. But at the same time, the people that we know and care about back home could be, um, could get affected. So it, this was it was also one of our like big concerns early on mm, yeah yeah security is a really big uh, concern for all of us it's it's really crazy how people can't speak their minds you know it's it's really crazy it's it's not fair yeah. so how has the coup impacted you both personally and did you think that this coup would drag on for this long <laughs> No, honestly, what this is? It's, it's October right yeah. now. Yeah, so it's been like eight months. Eight nine months. months. Nine months. This was February. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For for me personally, I didn't. One, I didn't expect it to be like to still be have something going. No, to this to like be prolonged this long. Yeah. Um, but also like it definitely in the first couple of months was the toughest because. Mm-hmm we could only like watch and mm-hmm. hear about things and like yeah everything was on social media we, were, we weren't really there to experience it mm-hmm. so there's this sense of like oh what am i doing with my life here mm-hmm. yeah like, what's the know? point of what we're doing here like, yeah like that. yeah um there was, there was a lot of thoughts like that where you know like oh like um, which is also kind of the reason that we put ourselves into this instagram account because it was a way for us to one, to stay up to date with what what, what was happening every day mm-hmm. because there's, there's so much happening every day. And two, um, I think it gave us a sense of purpose. Like, okay, we're, we're actually trying to do something to help, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not, we might not be on the ground helping people out, literally, but something. at least raising awareness does help, you know, like trying to get the international community notice. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always something that everybody could do. And there's this, um, somebody told me that part of the revolution you know, obviously, like CDM is at the forefront. Um, everybody has a role to play in the revolution. Yeah. And that kind of like put me in. It's like, okay, like this. This is what I'm doing. We have a role. Like what we're doing is, you know, it's good for. It's like do I think what we've kind of learned from doing this page and like what people recommended or things like that is just like trying to do our best mm-hmm. and what we can do instead of like worrying about things that we cannot do. Like for example, yeah. we obviously cannot participate in and things like that because we're not even back home mm-hmm. but then what we can do is spread awareness and get people to donate more and understand more and that did lead to a lot of like our close or even 
um, personal colleagues or like friends reaching out and learning more about and thanking us for sharing this because they were saying since not a lot of international news cover it they were thankful to like have an outlet that covers it and like hear about it so that kind of led us to a lot of conversations that um we had here personally which i think did help a little bit yeah no i feel like (laughs) even if there was like one more american person who suddenly like learned about burma and like what was happening and like okay that's that that, that's still something yeah Yeah. (laughs) better than nothing (laughs) for sure for sure what we also did learn while running this page was how much effort and like how much time consuming it is to especially for these people on the ground to be putting out pages Mm. like this and information like this out there on social media yeah actually true and like that check like that because before you know when people share it they're just like oh you read it and it's like they just share it they don't really think too much about it but then as the people that are putting the content out there you need to make sure putting the correct exactly correct and accurate information so that you're not misspreading like or like spreading more fear into people's minds and things like that Mm -hmm. It, it also it's kind of insane how much social media played, played a, a role, role in the in the revolution. Yeah, I guess like back in the just so like eight, you know, I think there were like headlines that made internationally, but like they weren't. It wasn't as big, and you couldn't see it live. You know, you couldn't see people tweeting about it. All these like photos and videos that were going around, and like Facebook lives even. Um, so it's kind of crazy, and I, I think that also is helps as part of the revolution. It helps people mobilize yep, better. Yeah, for sure. Versus, like eighty-eight. And my dad would say about like, oh yeah, like they didn't have a good system of like, oh, you know, we're gonna meet here or like do this. Like people who live in different parts of the areas, it's, hard. it's, it's harder mm. for communication, especially when you've got everything cut off. Yeah. But in today's social media, it's it's kind of scary. Also, I think that was that was the weapon that the military was not expecting. Yeah, for um, sure. To, they were definitely using like the same tactics they used in 88 mm-hmm. but the, it's just a different age and time yeah and then there's see i mentioned there's social media and then i think that's what kind of scared them mm-hmm. a little bit i guess and it kind of just made them read how they were handling the situation but also i would say social media is a very like double-edged sword mm-hmm. for this whole situation because it did help with what he has mentioned before about people communicating and spreading information mm-hmm. a lot faster with the mobility and everything but it also helped the military side because you know it's social media is all about algorithm so like whatever you follow you kind of end up following the same kind of the content so you're in like a bubble yeah Yeah. and then the the problem of like uh misinformation and all that stuff also occurs on social media as well yeah but it's you you guys are right social media was a component that really helped in or is helping the revolution yeah, I don't think the military was had any idea that this would this would help this much. I guess it also brought a lot of people together. Like it was a sense of community, and yeah, it was just like easier to reach uh, people, communicate, and spread the news. But also at the same time, you people had to be uh, wary of you know fake news and things like that. So. Um, what would you like the international community or international friends to know about the coup or about Myanmar? I would say I this is something that I kept like kind of telling people, asking people, oh, you know, like just stay stay informed and don't because with like oh, I mean it's been quite a year too, like not only in Myanmar but like in the other world. parts of the world, it's kind of been saying how much has happened this mm-hmm. year. Um, so it's 
um, it's easy to just like see headline after headline and be like, oh no, this is happening. Let me support this and then kind of move on from that. Um, but in, at least in terms of Myanmar, just because it's a country that's so, so like not well known and people don't really care about yeah. it, which is what it makes a difference for us when people start talking about us mm. because it gets more, how do you say, it puts pressure on the military when, you know, yeah. talk when the international it. community is talking about oh, there's this revolution, the military, blah, blah, blah. And so, which was why we were like, oh, let's try to keep people informed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely us, since February 1st, in like October, things have like died down a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, the most intense was probably the first month mm-hmm. where like every day there was something happening. Now it's like, I mean, it, it's still it's like, still yeah, it's still happening, but um, the, the news cycle isn't as intense anymore. But I think it's still important to be like, has there been any progress? Like, what's the UN doing? Mm-hmm. And what's the rest of the world doing? Yeah. What's going to happen? I think it's important to have, like, have these conversations with other people just so the world doesn't forget about people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that would definitely help. I feel like personally, especially from my conversation with people from my older generation, and especially people that are like in a bit of a more comfortable position in the country, um, that is not as directly affected by this coup. Yes. I think by this point now, they have a lot of them have already kind of regarded that, okay, there's not much we can do about the situation anymore. And they kind of just gave in to the military yep. already. And they're just trying to live around it and trying to, you know, kind of like, just have like continue the livelihood pretty much. Um, but then I also kind of want to say that, you know, I don't think people should be giving up just yet. <laughs> I think there's yeah. like still a chance trying. You know, obviously a lot of people are already kind of in this point where they're like, oh, this is like not like a huge thing for them anymore because it doesn't impact them as much. Mm-hmm. But I think especially people in the countryside and stuff, like they're definitely still suffering like a big hit from this whole situation. And there are people dying still there every day because of this, but it's not being talked about as much because these people in these areas also don't have as much access to like social media or like yeah. internet or like even just telecommunication in general yeah. so i still want to remind people that it's like not really over yeah you know like yeah yeah i think like in the even around like the second or third month some sort of things started getting i think at least from talking to friends on the ground they'd be like oh another bomb has gone off oh there's soldiers on my street but then they have to remind themselves like oh wait no like it's i can't think like this yeah because right. because like guns so kind of almost like attuned to it that like oh okay this is happening versus like actually no if you like if you think about what's happening there and you think like can you imagine like if it's happening in america and like new york or la or like another big city like it's kind of insane like people here would oh what's freaking yeah happening? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like like what c has mentioned before like it's there's a bomb that goes up in the street people are just like oh that's you no know, they just go oh like that's it if just imagine that happening in like another well-known city yeah. that yeah. would make international happen like yeah. 10 percent you know mm, yeah. So, yeah that's kind of really unfortunate that yeah. you know, it has to be like that but as mentioned before that's why it is really really great if for us and we're happy if people even like kind of talk about it a little bit you know so that the military doesn't just slide under the rug and be like okay we can just kind of forget about yeah yeah i think like the the big thing about getting international attention is um making sure that the military isn't getting away with it that's like Mm -hmm. and i have to say like this year is like the most i've ever seen Myanmar in the news there's so many new york times articles that this comes out like every now and then Mm -hmm. i think like 
for me because I seek for it, I see it a lot and I follow it. Mm. So like I see all of these news outlets, like international news outlets, major ones at least. Yeah. You know, putting stuff out. But is it actually in like people's daily news cycles? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. You know, who knows what depends on what you're following who you know. Like a lot of the algorithm like, just in general. Yeah, like a lot online. of like my, my friends here, um, like if they didn't know me, they would have no idea. Right, yeah. So obviously we want the international community to, to keep up. Also at the same time, we do want to address, you know, like we haven't been active on the page for a while now too. Um, I think the last time we posted might've been in around April, May. Um, you know, I, I think it was definitely uh, the most intense the first couple of months. So that's when we're like, okay, we have to do this now versus now like things have died on a little bit. And the reason why, the main reason why we had to pause was because it was taking a toll on us personally. Um, you know, we had like our own lives here as well. And it was hard to keep up with our, our full-time jobs and trying to do this on the side. And also at the same time, trying to put out content that was one, relatable, two, effective in a certain way. And three, like accurate as well, if we wanted to check everything and make yeah. sure that we're putting out the correct information. Yeah, mm -hmm. and maybe if we had a bigger team, maybe we could have continued it, but we felt like we needed a break um just because it was a lot and also we didn't want to be too repetitive with the content that we were putting out um mm. and also you know because these are anonymous messages as well so it depended on how much messages we received from mm -hmm. other people, people as well, as well. Yeah. um which is why we kind of ended up just pausing at the time of it yeah it was definitely even felt like a second job to us given that it is as mentioned before a lot of time consuming like with fact checking and creating content yeah so it, it is a lot of work and i do really have a really a lot of respect for the people that are continuing to do it as well as you know all these um journalists on ground and people that are really like risking their lives out there to really get the news yeah for like, the community pretty much yeah it's also i I'm definitely glad that we started it because after we started, we got a lot of messages and like, you know, thoughts from other people being like, oh, thank you so much for doing this because mm -hmm. it, I think it also provided a sense of comfort. And initially our goal was to raise awareness to people, you know, not from Myanmar. Right. But when we did it, I think more people back home felt comforted, yeah. like, oh, everybody else is going through the same thing too. You know, like these messages, they, even if they sounded so like depressing and terrible, yeah. there was still like a sense of community and camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, like we're all just together. At least, you know, yeah. we're, we're not alone in this. That was the, I think, ending message that we had. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people felt comforted by it. And like mm -hmm. in the beginning too, like any sort of encouragement, message of like encouragement or comfort from other people who mm -hmm. were going through the same thing, I think it really like meant a lot. Like, if I had a day where, like, oh, you're the one we're going to do, we're not going to win, blah, blah, blah. If I felt really down and somebody said something positive to me, that really lifted my spirits up. Exactly. Mm, and yeah. I think it was a time where, like, we needed that. Yeah. Everyone needed that, yeah. I think. When people feel down or, like, they feel, this is the day that I cannot do anything. I don't want to even get out of bed because the situation is so bad. But then they feel guilty about it because there are a lot of people on the streets mm. that are protesting people on the field, right? Their lives against people that really actually gave their lives to this cause, you know? Mm. Yeah. So I think 
it helps that they can t feel or see that oh, other people also feel depressed and down at times and there are days that we cannot be at 100%. So I think that really was a good outlet for them. Yeah. As, as much as it comforted us, I hope we hope that like it yeah. comforted like other people as much as well. Thank you for your time, you guys. Thanks for thanks for having us and Thank giving us you. a chance to talk about it because we never really like yeah talk about talk, it. Yeah, <laughs> we we really we really do want to maintain our like and if you would like to support Myanmar's current situation, you can go to isupportmyanmar.com to donate to several fundraisers of your choosing. That's I-S-U-P-P-O-R-T-M-Y-A-N-M-A-R.com. That is all for today's episode. Thank you for listening, and I will see you the next time you tune in. Bye.